Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hey, this is Sharon. Before we start the show, I just want to let you know we did have some audio issues. So some of my audio doesn't sound as great as the rest of the show. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Horse Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. And this is our November Tidbits of Terror episode. Tidbits of Terror, Terror, Tidbits, Tidbits of Terror, Terror, Tidbits, Thank you to Bitcoin creator Carrie Weeder for our Tidbits of Terror theme song. I had no idea. That woman does everything, (laughs) I tell you. She's a genius. In this episode, we talk about the formerly very secret, but now very much anticipated comedy horror film from the Foo Fighters. Also, I'm going to talk about a stop motion animated film about Demon Brothers from Key and Peele. We're also going to talk about hidden camera true crime horror in Chicago. And yet another holiday tradition gets the Netflix horror treatment. Sharon, let's just dive right in. This first story comes from Deadline.com. Foo Fighters frontman Dave Grohl announced that he and his bandmates made a horror comedy called Studio 666. Open Road Films acquired worldwide rights, and the distributor has set a wide theatrical release in over 2,000 theaters, which we can all go see February 25th, 2022. Along with Grohl and his bandmates, Taylor Hawkins, Nate Mandel, Pat Smear, Chris Shiflett, and Rami Jaffe, who all play themselves. The cast will also include, are you ready for this? Whitney Cummings, Leslie Grossman, Will Forte, Jenna Ortega, and Jeff Garland. So horror comedy, yes. Uh, So in for this. The basic premise is what happens when the legendary rock band rents an Encino mansion steeped in grisly rock and roll history to record their 10th album. Grohl is creatively blocked, and when evil forces in the house sink into his consciousness, the creative juices begin flowing, but so does the blood. Can Foo Fighters complete the album with the band still alive to tour? The movie is based on a story by Grohl with script written by Jeff Buhler, writer of The Midnight Meat Train, and also Rebecca Hughes. The film is directed by B.J. McDonnell, who also directed Hatchet 3 and served as a camera operator on such films as James Wan's Malignant and also Zombieland Double Tap. Grohl said, quote, after decades of ridiculous music videos and numerous music documentaries under our collective belts, it was finally time to take it to the next level. A full length feature horror comedy film. I mean, obviously, that's the next step. The next logical step, exactly. Like most things Foo, Studio 666 began with a far-fetched idea that blossomed into something bigger than we ever imagined possible. Filmed at the same house where we recorded our latest album, Medicine at Midnight, told you that place was haunted, we wanted to recapture the classic magic that all of our favorite rock and roll movies had, but with a twist. Hilarious gore that fucking rocks. And now, with the help of Tom Ortenberg and the team at Open Road Films, we can finally let this cat out of the bag after keeping it our best-kept secret for two years. Be ready to laugh, scream, and headbang into your popcorn. Studio 666 will fuck you up. Uh End quote. 
That sounds amazing. That is going to be such a fun movie. I love Dave Grohl. I love the Foo Fighters. So I will totally be there. Spencer, you want to go opening day? Yes, dear. (laughs) Yes, dear. While director B.J. McDonald called the film, quote, a perfect combination of all things I love, rock, horror, and comedy all tied together in a very thrilling motion picture. I am so excited to have teamed up with the Foo Fighters to create an old school band movie. It's been years since we've seen something like The Beatles' Help, The Monkey's Head, or Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Take that 60s, 70s, old school band film fun, Mix it with horror and Studio 666 is born. I am so ecstatic for audiences of film and music to come together and enjoy our film, end quote. I'm so ecstatic too. Can't wait. Wow, well, that's setting expectations rather high. I mean, I'm not expecting it to be some award-winning, Oscar-winning film or anything like that, but at the very least, it's going to be a lot of fun. And as I said, I love Dave Grohl. I love the Foo Fighters. I love horror comedy. I love gore. So this is right up my alley. And don't forget you love rock. 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 (laughs) Rock. All right, moving right along. Mindy, you have a uh, creepy local Chicago story for us? I do. Uh, The story is rather recent. Uh, Yes, it's it's Chicago-specific, and the circumstances definitely fall under the things that make us paranoid category. Um, And I was going to read the title from the NBCChicago.com article that I read about this story, but I don't think that I'm going to. I think I'm just going to dive in and let you all learn as we go what's happening. Maybe you can read the title of the article after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) The two women, known as Jane and Julie Doe, to protect their privacy, of course, are suing Michael Johnston and his wife, Kelly Halverson, in a civil suit, claiming the couple used hidden cameras to capture nude images of both women without their consent. Jane and Julie Doe are also seeking an injunction to prevent any footage that might still exist from being shared. So let me, let me, here's the situation here. Let me break it down. So Jane Doe was hired in December of 2019 as a home manager, child caretaker, and personal assistant to Michael Johnston and Kelly Halverson. Julie Doe also worked as a nanny for one of Michael Johnston's close friends. The girls were roommates and had recently graduated from DePaul University, so this was like legit their first job out of college. In her second week of working for Johnston and Halverson, Jane Doe was asked to organize some boxes in the couple's bedroom closets. One of the boxes was filled with sex toys and other sexual paraphernalia, according to court records. Quote, at the time, Jane Doe kind of put it out of her mind, but in hindsight does think it was part of a grooming process, end quote, said lawyer Gail Eisenberg, who is representing both of the women. So now, fast forward to just a few weeks later, really, like a month later, January 2020, the couple asked Jane and Julie Doe to house it for them while they were out of town. The wife encouraged 
Julie and Jane to use the jacuzzi bathtub in the master bedroom and to help themselves to the Johnston's wine and beer while they were away. Sure. Yeah, how sounds, sounds really nice. Right? A month later, the couple again asked Jane to house it for them overnight. About to undress in the bathroom, Jane discovered a hidden camera disguised as a picture frame aimed at the bathtub. After searching the house, Jane found two more hidden cameras, one in a bathroom disguised as an iPhone dock charger and another in the bedroom she was using. Lawyer Eisenberg said that these were motion sensor cameras, and so any person who would have entered those rooms would have turned on the camera. On November 10th, Michael Johnson appeared in bond court on a felony charge of making an unauthorized recording in a bathroom. His wife has not been charged, as of yet anyway. So what makes this an even bigger deal, especially for Chicago folk, is that Michael Johnston is the now former CEO of the Chicago-based music label Audio Tree and the music venues Shuba's Tavern and Lincoln Hall. Both are pretty well known, to say the least, for Chicago music fans. And our our previous guest on the show, Katie Rich, uh, my former roommate, and I actually lived down the street from Shuba's for a number of years. And we would hang out at the bar and saw shows there quite a few times. So now I like can't help but wonder if in the bathroom at Shuba's, it was somehow rigged to see us all peeing. Gross. Um, so anyway, this story is crazy for Chicago folks specifically, of course, due to Michael Johnston's involvement. But more importantly, this is one of those worst fear situations. And it reminded me of the Airbnb horror stories we discussed in, I believe, episode 107. Um, it just sent a chill down my spine because, you know, Ew. Uh, so today's PSA is no matter where you are or how well you know people, stay vigilant because uh, people are weirdos. And here's proof. Isn't that creepy as fuck? That is creepy as fuck. Yeah. And I've also hung out at that bar with you in yeah. uh, the past. <laughs> A very, very long time ago. Oh my God, that seems like for I know. Ago. I know. Um, this is also similar to that horror movie uh Alison Brie I don't remember the, the oh, rental. Right, right. oh yeah similar to that and the funny thing is is that I just stayed in my first Airbnb since we did that episode about Airbnb horror <laughs> stories and I did not follow any <laughs> of the rules that I like warn people to do when they go to an Airbnb like check for cameras and bring you know sensors to put on the door in case someone comes in to the rental while you're there. Yeah, I totally ignored like everything and was just like it's safe, right? Sure. <laughs> well, next time Remember Shuba's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. N- next Airbnb, I will have to <laughs> take my own advice. Okay, so maybe on to a less creepy topic. Sharon, what do you have next for us? So I know many of you listeners are big fans of the films The Nightmare Before Christmas and also Coraline, both of which are directed by Henry Selick. Well, his newest directorial debut will be Wendell and Wilde, 
a stop-motion animated film starring Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key. Jordan Peele co-wrote the film along with Henry Selleck and Clay McLeod Chapman. Peele also serves as a producer through his company Monkey Pop Productions. Because that guy never sleeps either. Seriously. Man, he is just like... I don't know. He's, I mean... Prolific, like, does not even begin to describe. (laughs) Geniuses, I guess, don't sleep. I don't, I don't know how they can function without sleeping and, and stay on their, their game because, um, yeah, I think everything, everything Jordan Peele touches is pretty much gold in my opinion. Yeah. The film was originally announced in 2015. The project was picked up by Netflix in 2018 and was set to have a 2021 release date. It will now be released in 2022, and the first teaser trailer for Wendell and Wild was released late October, uh, which is why we are including it in this tidbits, um, because it came out after our last tidbits, I think, was already recorded. We will include the link to the teaser in the show notes. I watched it, and the film has a very, very similar look to The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is one of my all-time favorite films. Um, Yeah, it looks really cool. And it it really does not give anything away. I mean, it is a teaser for sure, um, which I like because I don't don't watch trailers anymore. Not a whole lot is known about the film except that the story will focus on demon brothers Wendell and Wild, played by Key and Peele, as they face off against Sister Helly, a demon-fighting nun, and her two followers, Kat and Raoul. It is said that for inspiration, Henry Selleck used Charles Adams cartoons along with the original Twilight Zone series, Ray Harryhausen's stop-motion animated monsters, the musical compositions, The Night of the Bald Mountain, and the film The Night of the Hunter, and also the 1978 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So that is a lot of really, really good inspiration Mm -hmm. for the film. Can't wait to see how it all ties into this finished project um so keep an eye out for Wendell and Wild sometime in 2022 we don't know an exact date as of now Netflix will also be releasing Guillermo del Toro's stop-motion animated musical fantasy Pinocchio which I didn't realize was a thing oh man I heard about that years ago yeah really I, I did too but I didn't think it was even happening anymore yeah I was wondering well, yeah, it's it looks like it's been in the works for a while, um, but it's set to be released in 2022 as well. And listen to this cast. It stars Finn Wolfhard, Tilda Swinton, Ewan McGregor, Christoph Waltz, Kate Blanchett, John Turturro, David Bradley, and Ron Perlman. Del Toro is a co-director, producer, and writer on the film. And as you may expect with any of his films, this is going to be you know, dark and twisted and definitely a much darker version of the original classic children's story that came out from Disney uh, about a wooden puppet that transforms into a real life living boy. Um, But honestly, when you think about it, the original Pinocchio is kind of a dark story as well even you know the disney film it's pretty fucked up yeah for sure i just have one question and i and this sounds awesome uh so thank you for mentioning this uh and this is not a negative comment because i like him but why is finn wolfhard now like in every horror offering he's like the (laughs) go-to for like every horror movie i feel like 
But yeah, he's hot. He's young. He's talented. Spencer actually told me that he's coming out with his own horror film that he's. Oh, my God. Right. Is he writing it? Something like that. Yeah. Spencer's going to look it up um, how while, while you tell us. What did you say? I was just going to say, how old is he? This is off oh, track, but I, was just... I think he's got to be like almost 20 now. Spencer will look uh, that up yeah. as well. <laughs> he, he's almost 21. Actually, he'll be turning 21 uh, in December. Nope, math is hard. He's actually almost 19. Um, so let's look at his filmography real quick. Let's talk about uh, Finn Wolfhard for a moment, shall we? <laughs> yeah. This is the film Finn Wolfhard section of the episode. of the. Um, okay, so... Uh, All right, so I found this quicker than Spencer. Damn Man. it. <laughs> Spencerpedia, you're fired. All right, so Finn Wolfhard, this comes from um, Bloody Disgusting, but it says here, Finn Wolfhard returns to the small screen, four season of Stranger Things, blah, blah, blah. He's also going to be in Ghostbusters Afterlife, which we are all seeing today. I'm so fucking excited. Um, let's see. But he is getting set to make his own horror movie, he says it's a horror comedy slasher movie that takes place at a camp. Real original, Finn. Never been done before, Finn. Okay. <laughs> um, the website notes that the mysterious project is a feature film rather than a short. Um, in the meantime, you can watch Wolfhard's Night Shifts, um, which there's a link to on here. I guess it's a short film. Yeah, he made um, that he released on YouTube earlier this year. Oh, so yeah, he is having um, he's having a good moment right now in uh his career. So sure, I'll I'll watch that. I guess horror comedy slasher that takes place at a camp. I mean, come on. Yeah, why wouldn't I watch that? That's true. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's a little extra tidbit that was unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Extra on an extra tidbit. <laughs> All right, Minnie. So you have um, some other Netflix uh, series news, right? I do. And I hope it's not. But one possible reason for um, Wendell and Wilde's delayed release could have been to make way for this new Netflix series. Uh, it's a Christmas-themed short series called elves and it will be available for streaming uh starting november 28th um, a link with the trailer will be in the show notes of course but this series actually comes to us via netflix from denmark uh and here's the description hoping to reconnect over christmas a family of four travels to a remote island in the danish archipelago only to find it controlled by members of a strongly religious community living in balance with fierce creatures in the woods revealed to be elves, real monstrous beings that inspired the folklore and myths we all know. When the girl in the family finds and brings home a baby elf, she inadvertently disrupts the balance and throws everyone on the island into a life or death battle for faith, family, and pure survival. So it's like Midsommar with a Christmas twist. And elves. Well, that's the Christmas twist. Uh, I, I Well, I'm guessing that there's probably going to be some like thinly veiled metaphors that relate to like human nature at the heart of like this six episode story. Uh, but when I first heard the plot, my initial thought was gremlins with like the little girl bringing home the baby elf mm. like it made me think of gizmo and whatever i don't know i did watch the trailer 
Um, and yeah, it looks kind of like Midsummer with elves that may or may not be scary. Um, yeah, as soon as you said religious community, mm-hmm. I was like Midsummer, and like the I, I, this. You know, sounds kind of judgy, but like I find it hard to get excited about Christmas stuff, even horror, um, with a few exceptions, of course. Uh, one example being, no surprise to frequent listeners of this show, a certain classic slasher film from the 70s we talk about often, along with its recently released and utterly fantastic fan made sequel, It's Me, Billy. But I digress. <laughs> uh, for those of you who do enjoy a little bit of Christmas, more so than Sharon and I do anyway. This tidbit's for you guys. Um, to paraphrase a Gizmodo article about the series. As alarming as elves are when perched atop shelves, Netflix is taking it another holiday tradition and giving it a creepy-ass backstory. I might not watch it personally, but I can respect making Christmas creepy. And we at Horse Talk Horror consider it our duty to report on any and all horror news. So even if one listener hears this and thinks, else might be my jam, we've done our duty. Also, I said duty twice. You're welcome. <laughs> I think I'm definitely going to watch this. I've actually started liking Christmas more because of Christmas horror. Oh. Like the last few years, I would say I've kind of stopped buying presents for most of my family, which mm-hmm. I, I I think that's like one of the things I hate most about Christmas is the expectation to like embrace consumerism and like fight each other over stupid fucking presents that people don't really need and trying to buy for everyone and dealing with crowds at stores and malls and the traffic or, you know, trying to get everything shipped to your home in time and putting extra strain on all the workers who have to ship these items out and deliver them. Like, I hate the consumerism of it. I'm not religious, so Christmas has no religious... uh, meaning to me and I don't have children so I can't even enjoy you know that part of it I I get if you have kids it's like fun to you know decorate trees and pretend they're Santa Claus and whatever but um yeah for me I'm I'm enjoying the uh, lights and the decorations (laughs) and also the Christmas horror so it makes it a little less um horrible for a second there I was gonna be like well back it up a little bit because you were like I don't have kids and I hate Christmas <laughs> and I live with my cats like, <laughs> I mean I do buy them you know cute little gifts sometimes but I do too I have a quick question about this elves thing um when I think of elves in like Denmark and Iceland and that whole world you know I don't think of Christmas elves so you watch the trailer are they Christmas elves? No, they're like evil no. elves. Right. So that's the thing. It's like it might take place during Christmas, but it's like the elves are just elves, you know, creepy, creepy woods elves. Yeah, they're not yeah. like Santa elves. No. Right. That sounds cool. That's the other thing I've appreciated more is um, traditions around the world embracing more of the uh, folklore of Christmas. Like last year when we did our Christmas episode. Oh, we discussed some Christmas true crime stories, but then also I talked about all the different Santa Clauses in mm. um, the, cri- the Christmas it, cat, the, the Christmas cat that like eats children and the Christmas witch and 
then we talked about Polish folklore with vampires or no, sorry, werewolves. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I um, also am going to enjoy more of the folklore from other countries than some of the silly traditions that we have here um, because it's just creepier and spookier. Totally. Mindy, uh, we forgot to have you read the uh, the title of the last article, oh. the, the Shubas thing. That's right. So, okay, the title of the initial article uh, from NBCChicago.com that will be in our show notes, of course, the link to it. The title of the article was Chicago Couple Accused of Setting Up Hidden Cameras to Take Nude Photos. I mean, that pretty much says it all right there. Pretty much, yeah. And actually, one thing I forgot to mention while I was talking about that is like after they had like seized the footage, like the courts and all that kind of stuff they actually do have video of the guy of michael uh johnston setting up the hidden cameras so way to cover your tracks guys Ugh. yeah disgusting yeah i hope they each serve many many years in jail so yeah all right well i think that's about it uh the only thing i have left to say is spencer and i finally jumped on the squid game bandwagon and finished that series last night I have to say I did not like it as much as I thought I would because I don't know I I don't know if it's because people hyped it up too much or I just thought it was something different or it was it was different than what I expected I expected more um just brutality without so much emotion yeah (laughs) thank you (laughs) Sharon doesn't like emotions. I don't like emotions. They're horrible. I don't like (laughs) feeling them, uh, experiencing them. (laughs) I just want to get rid of all of my emotions. Yeah, I was also not expecting so much emotion, which I think is good. You know, it's it's this like completely ridiculous concept, but also brings a lot of emotion into it, which was, yeah, totally not expected. But yeah, I think it's worth watching. It's definitely worth watching. I will say, though, that the episode of the Marbles fucking wrecked me and I needed to take two days off. And then the episode right after that with the glass bridge was like so anxiety inducing. I don't know how people binge that show in like one or two days because between those two episodes, I was like, fuck, like I, I I just felt like I needed a vacation after watching those (laughs) two episodes. Um, There was also a million plot holes, which never got explained. Yeah. Maybe they'll explain some of them in the second season. I don't know. And also the ending kind of was like, what the fuck? Like, I wasn't expecting it, but also I didn't enjoy the twist. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with the second season, but it's worth checking out for sure. Um, It's just, it wasn't as great as everyone said it was, in my opinion. But um, I have to say, though, it is, it's wonderfully acted. The sets are amazing. I mean, the production value and everything is, is quite incredible. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Go in with low expectations. Yeah, and then yeah, and then you can't be disappointed. You only <laughs> you'll only be pleasantly surprised. But I would definitely say do not watch it if you're not in a a very positive state of mind because it it's it's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's it's straight up horror. I mean, this is a straight up horror TV show. 
Like it is, it is very brutal. Yeah, I think that. Um, not, I don't mean to generalize, but like I, I find that like like Japanese horror or Korean horror, you know, like they they are just they are way, way more intense with their horror. <laughs> they they don't fuck around, and so like I'm waiting on that show, and yeah, for a time when I'm less tired and have more time to scare myself silly. For sure. Yeah, we we took a breather after the Marvel episode and started watching Taika Waititi's Reservation Dogs. On, and Sterling Harjo. On uh, Hulu. And it it was very good. That's also, it has, you know, emotion, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's definitely not um, as is uh, brutal as uh, Squid Game. And um, it has a lot of heart. It's really good. And it's really funny. And the... The immediate cast, the uh, group of kids that they chose as the main actors are are wonderful. I, I love all the characters. So it's another recommendation if you're, you're looking for something to watch. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to us. Please write to us at whorestalkhorror at gmail.com. You can write to us with any episode ideas, recommendations on what to watch. Especially if you uh, check out Elves on Netflix and it's really badass, let us know. Oh, I'm watching that for sure. That sounds <laughs> actually awesome. So I'll let you know, Mindy. Awesome. Um, you can also send us any ghost stories, true crime stories, creepy stories, whatever you would like us to read on our show. Please subscribe to us, uh, rate and review us on your streaming platform of choice. The more positive ratings and reviews, the more exposure the show gets, which helps us to keep the show going, which we like doing. Uh, If you're able to, please join our Patreon so you can get early access to episodes, see exclusive posts, and sometimes even get some cool shit via Carrier Pigeon or USPS, whichever's faster. Uh, Most importantly, please be kind to each other. Be safe out there, and as always, thanks for getting creepy with us! Sharon, do you want a beer? Uh, Oh my god.